in it on this first Sunday in the year 2023, on this month of February, we thank God that we can come together to worship him and celebrate how great he is towards us and how we can lay our burdens down at his feet. We enjoy you. We invite you to join us in worshiping our awesome God a little something like this. We want to tell you that Jesus in me, Jesus in you, Jesus in me, Jesus in you, Jesus in you, Jesus in you. Go ahead and greet somebody, tell them we're all one in the body of Christ. Thank you. 
of the Lord one more again. <laughs> Let's have a word of prayer. Our Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There is none like you, Heavenly Father. Father, we just come thanking you, Lord, for this day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you from the time you touched us and awakened us this morning and to this point in time, Heavenly Father. Surely you have been good to us, Heavenly Father. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor, Heavenly Father. Father, we let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And we've come to give you thanks and praise this morning, Heavenly Father. Father, please bless all the ones that are gathered here this morning, Heavenly Father. Father, bless from the east to the west, the north to the south, Heavenly Father. Father, bless in all directions, Heavenly Father. Father, we know that you already know what's going on, Heavenly Father. You know what we need even before we ask for it, Heavenly Father. For you know if our thoughts are far off, Lord. Lord, we just come, Heavenly Father, to to ask you to please bless us, Heavenly Father. Please, Heavenly Father, help us to live a life that's holy and pleasing and acceptable to you and in your sight, Heavenly Father. Let us honor you in what we say and what we do and how we live, Heavenly Father. Father, bless every song that will be sung. Bless every prayer that will be prayed. Bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth and it changes us from the inside out. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That we pray. Amen, church. Amen. The scripture reading will come from 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. 1 Samuel chapter 14. We're going to go down to the sixth verse. And 1 Samuel chapter 14. See some pages still turning there. I'll give you an opportunity to find it so we can journey together. First Samuel 14. We're going to start at the sixth verse. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It reads, Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I am with you completely, whatever you decide. 
all right, then Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay here, you are, stay where you are, or we'll kill you, then we'll stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that we, he will help us defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Suddenly, panic broke out in the Philistines' army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties. And just then, an earthquake struck, and everyone was terrified. Amen. Amen.
Say, God is good, and all the time, God is good. To know how faithful our God is, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, that he has all things under control because he is sovereign. He don't need any help from anybody else. And we can turn to our God no matter what we're going through because our God is good. And he always does what is good, oh, praise the Lord. Let us pray. Mighty God, we just thank you for how good you are, how amazing you are, how awesome you are. And, Lord, we are in awe of you for how you are beyond grasp of understanding of the vastness of your wisdom and how great in the capacities your love towards us. Fathers, we are gathered right now to hear a word from you. We thank you, God, for your word never loses its power. So we pray right now that uh, through your preaching servant, God, that we hear a word from you, that we might see Jesus, and that we will have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. Move, O God, in this space, we pray. Amen. Looking at our text today uh, from Old Testament, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 14, I'm going to highlight and lift up a few verses. We're going to look at verse 1, uh, then we're going to re- re- reflect again on verses 6 through 15. As Pastor Price led us in a time of, of, of word and reading of the word and worship, and then also highlighting verse 23 in this pericope. Here, right here, uh, we're going to talk about Jonathan and his armor bearer. And as we're talking about Jonathan and his armor bearer, I I want you to try to think about what does it mean uh, for you to fear the Lord. Uh, Fear defined in in theology is different than how the term is used outside of theology. Uh, Fear uh, in in theology expresses how we have reverence and and a reserve and an awe and a respect towards God. And then fear outside of theology and untheological, it means to have a, be afraid and scared and apprehensive of something or a threat that might harm you. Theologically speaking, fear will move us towards God, but the untheological fear will stop you and pause you and hinder you from moving forward. My question for you to think about, are you moving forward or are you standing still? 
Are you being moved to action or have you been moved to inaction? Fear can be described as an unpleasant emotion caused by belief caused that someone or something may harm you or cause you pain. But that fear will stop you from moving when you think that something bad is going to come. But when you have fear in God, that will move you to move. This fear expresses how you have reverence for God, knowing that God can do all things. This awe and respect of God will motivate you to worship the Lord. And to worship theologically means to serve him. And so therefore to serve him means I will face whatever comes my way to accomplish the job of serving my God. And then we find, if you look in the Bible, there's a blessing in reverence. Psalm 128 says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his way. Y'all see that there? How joyful are those who fear the Lord. Anybody here want joy in your life? Do you want to know how you get joy? That the joy of the Lord is my strength. We get that saying from Nehemiah after they read the word out of reverence. So their reverence read them to rejoice to know that God is still God, even though the walls are tumbling down. <laughs> we understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Psalm 115, verse 1 says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes the glory. For you are unfailing love and faithfulness. Because I fear you, God, I realize it's not about me. So it's not unto us, O God, but unto you rises the glory. Even though a person sins a hundred times and still lives a long time, I know those who fear God will be better off. We find that in Ecclesiastes 8 and 12. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Proverbs, we find that there. So what I want to highlight here is that I don't want to have that fear that's not in the Bible. I, I don't want to be, be paralyzed and hindered by feeling a sense of I have danger always around me and cripples me that I can't move forward. But may I be able to recite Psalm 27, the Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When we understand that if God is with me, who can be against me? So this reverence for the Lord is lasting forever. And the laws of the Lord are true and each one is fair. We find that in Psalm 19. Let us know to reverence God is to fear his law and to know his word. So we should know that our fear for the Lord builds our character. It builds our witness. Uh, this helps us to show how much our faith has led us this far. When we fear God, then our faith will exude with confidence, which will inspire others to learn more about our amazing God. Your presence for God can encourage others to trust in God because it's seen how you trust in him in times of adversity, in times of conflict, in times of things are not going well. But by you just saying, I will trust in the Lord, bring somebody else some encouragement. If you don't want to believe me, well, let's see if you can believe in Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan shows us how he has understand who God is. Jonathan believes that God can save his people because God is mighty to save. Another way to look is that John, Jonathan's calculus in God is that if I fear God, I know that our God will do exactly what he says he's going to do. But notice, I want to highlight here a couple of things that Jonathan, that Jonathan does not move on his own. Jonathan learns how to wait on the Lord. Then also, Jonathan is not limited by his adversity or obstacles before him, but he believes that if God, if this is before me, I know you can bring me over and take me through and bring me through whatever comes my way. Join with me, chapter 14 of 1 Samuel, verse 1. I'm lift that verse part up first. Remember, I was going to start. Look at verse 1. Uh, then we're going to look at verses 6 to 15. Then verse 23. Verse 1 says, One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come on. Let's go over to where the Philistines have their outposts. But Jonathan not tell his father what he was doing. Here is, is very highlight specifically is that Jonathan is doing his thing, and King Saul is doing his thing. 
we having a contrast that's introduced to us that lets you know that pay attention to what Jonathan is doing. But also, under, underlining here is what Saul has done and what Saul is doing. Jonathan shows us that Reverend God looks like this, that I can go see what my enemy is doing. <laughs> he has faith that God will give him the power to go and see what is ahead of him. Secondly, he has Reverend God that God will teach him what to do. And thirdly, he shows reverence of God will lead him into victory. That's why I look. He's not going there to be defeated. Y'all don't hear him. He's going there because he believes in victory. I, I, I don't know about you, but I know what I do, that if my team is, if I see the writing on the wall, it's easy for me to start focusing on nothing else. But when the game is good and my team's about to win, I'm all in. Y'all don't hear him. Uh, if I know I'm, I'm going for a victory, I'm, I'm going all the way in. I'm going to do what I need to do to get there. But if it's not like it's raining outside, they're not going to win anyway. I, I, I'll stay home. John is not saying it's, it's raining outside. I don't think we can win. So, no, let's go see what they're up to. And now here's the, the, the shift here. So I, I read verse 1. Uh, if, you, if you have your Bible open, you can see there's some, some commentary going on. Uh, there about what's going on with the Philistines and the Poles and what Saul is doing and what Saul is not doing. But yet I said, I'm not focusing on Saul directly, but looking at Jonathan. Look at verse 7. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. Now, Jonathan said, all right then. <laughs> we will cross over and, and let them See ya. And if they say to stay where you are, we will kill you. Then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then I, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. Now, notice the narrative tells us Jonathan and his armor bearer crossing over to the other side, not informing his father. King Saul does not know where his only son is. This is important because uh, King Saul's successor is Jonathan. <laughs> you lose your prince in war, you know, that's, that's a hurting kingdom. And so here it is that Jonathan is going out on his own with his armor. He does not have an army. He does not have a garrison with him. It says, Jonathan and his armor bearer. Can everybody say just two people? <laughs> he is going by the, the, with his armor bearer to go fight an army. Yeah, he's going to the enemy's camp. And what do we see? Jonathan's faith in full display in how he knows that God can do for his people. Jonathan believes that God is able to deliver Israel and give her victory. This is expressed because Jonathan is not just looking for his victory, but for the victory of his people. Jonathan's faith in God moves him to act boldly, expressing his reverence for God, telling his armor bearer, we won't move until God gives us a sign. The armor bearer now teaches us how we ought to follow. Look how the armor bearer responds when he gives his direction. Verse 7 says, do what you think is best. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. We see the armor bearer trust in Jonathan, who has placed his trust in God. Jonathan's faithfulness is evident in three parallel statements. First, he says, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. <laughs> My God. Jonathan says it may be. Jonathan did not know what God's plans are. Jonathan was not presumptuous to say that God will do what I'm asking him to do. But Jonathan had reverence enough for God to say, Lord, I know what I want. But what is your will? What is your desire? Let me help somebody out today that you have your plans, you have your desires, you have your goals, but have you submit them to the Lord? And saying, God, what is your will? What is your desire? Because I have good intentions, 
but my good intentions may not be according to your plan. We understand that we have good intentions, but we don't know how everything is going to work out. But Jonathan understands that, God, if you will, I'm praying that you will let me be a part of the plan. Let me encourage somebody that to be a part of the plan means you are a part of the plan. That does not mean you are the plan. It does not mean you are the planner of the plan. It does not mean you're the leader of the plan, the headliner of the plan. But you can be a part of the plan. I encourage you to understand that sometimes we get people caught up because they want their name to be recognized. But here it is. Don't nobody know what Jonathan is doing. He's not trying to be recognized. He's just trying to do the Father's will. There's times in our lives that we need to not try to tell everybody what we're doing, but say, Lord, am I doing your will? Not my will, not somebody else's will, but Lord, am I doing your will? So now this statement profounds his, uh, demonstrates his trust in Yahweh. Indicating that the outcome of the battle does not depend on how much weaponry he has. It does not depend how many he has with him or how many are against him. Jonathan is pointing out that God is the key factor. Or rather, we will have victory or defeat. And now he's waiting on the sign of God to tell him what's going to happen. Here's the thing about why he's waiting on the sun. I want to ask you why you're waiting on God to move. Why do you work? Jonathan was not worried. He knew God knows what he needs. His reverence for God leads him to trust God with his life. Not only is Jonathan trusting God with his life, the armor bearer is trusting Jonathan with his life. When we know that the Lord will protect us, provide for us, and prepare for us, then we know we have all that we need. We know that from Jonathan's best friends, David, when he wrote the 23rd number song, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Another way to translate that is the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. So why do I worry? Why am I asking for things when I know my God will provide exactly what I need? Jonathan understands that, Lord, you know what we need, so I'm waiting on you to provide exactly what we need. God is, Jonathan's uh, evidence of God is based on the fact that he knows what God can do. He's heard the stories and he's seen God raise up his father and seen the victories. And so God is undefeated and keeping his will. So since Jonathan was not worried and he was willing to follow the Lord in this situation, the armor bearer says, because you believe, I believe. <laughs> he says, whatever you do, I'm good. We just going to go with it. How much more our faith for somebody else, they will believe because you believe. They will trust because you are leading them. And then they, for themselves, will see what God is doing, that they too must say, what must I do to be saved? But we can show them how great God is towards them. Jonathan Faith leads him across the battlefield to face the Philistines. Saul, on the other hand, is found resting under the pomegranate tree in Migron, in the outskirts of Jebel. Saul is also not doing a good job encouraging his troops to trust in the Lord. Their leader is not leading them. Saul's army's morale was low, and they do not have any weapons. I didn't read that part, but it tells you that only Jonathan and his father, the king Saul, had weapons. Because the army that they're fighting against was, was tricky, that they took all the blacksmiths. said, don't y'all make no weapons. Y'all make some weapons, we're going to come and get you. So all they got is what they could gather to fight with. And that's why they're like, we ain't going out to fight them. <laughs> we don't have any weaponry. And Saul is resting in luxury under the pomegranate tree. But his son crossed to the other side to his, where the enemies are. I would like to bring to your attention that in chapter 13 also, tells us that 
Saul and Jonathan were the only ones properly weaponed. Also, in the 13th, uh, Saul was rejected by, by God because of his lack of patience. <laughs> Jonathan is waiting on the Lord. Saul can't wait. <laughs> God will prepare you to face whatever comes your way. Jonathan sees God has prepared him to do what he needs to face his enemies. He leaves trusting in God. God has placed him in a position for victory. The challenge for us is to know how to wait on God to move us that we don't move ahead of God. The enemy's view, Jonathan was in position of a disadvantage. But yet, Jonathan sees his position from an advantage. Man does not know the plans of God. But God, however, can allow you to know his plans and show you how he will give you victory as you are a partner with him in this plan. That's why Jonathan's position did not dissuade him. The difficulty seemed to be an opportunity for Jonathan to see what God will do for Israel. Israel surrounded by their enemies and a, and a lack of weapons to fight back and are weakened and the morale is low. This bleak condition they are facing again does not stop Jonathan. Jonathan's reverence for the Lord leads him to make a difference by having his faith in the power of God and his covenant with Israel. You too can keep the faith in God who has promised us to make us more than a conqueror. We are victorious in Christ Jesus now that God is with us, so therefore who will stand against us? Now when you look at this, that think about what Jonathan is doing, knowing that he's in a position of victory. And when the Philistines saw them coming, they shot a look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. <laughs> look, look how they're talking down to them. Look how they are disgracing them from where they're coming from. And I want to highlight how Jonathan got to jump back with me in, in, in verse 4. To reach the Philistines' outposts, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Shenna. The cliff on the north was in front of Michmash, and the one on the south was the front of Jebba. Let's go across to the outposts of these pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. And perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. Can we win the battle, whether he was as many wars or only few? And so when they went, they climbed up. So think about it. They had to go down to get up. <laughs> they had to put themselves at a disadvantage in order to get an advantage against the enemy. Notice how they had a natural barrier to stop the armies from marching through. You can't climb and fight. So you got to climb. You got to use all your hands and climb up to get up. Notice it says that they had to get on their hands and knees and feet to climb up to get up this hill. They were climbing up the rough side of the mountain. And so when they became exposed from the Philistines, they're going to talk down to look. They're climbing out over their holes. So imagine them coming up out of a cliff coming up out of the Rocky Mountain and coming up tired and worn out because you, if y'all haven't climbed before, it's not easy to climb. Let alone you got weaponry that you're climbing up with. So you got heavy artillery that's coming up. But yet, John's faith in the Lord says, no matter what, we're going to see what God is going to do. Jonathan's faith in God moves him to believe that God will save his people. His fear for the Lord means his awe for the Lord, his respect for the Lord did not paralyze him. But when we are fearful of having success, we're fearful of failure, we will pause and stop and not move forward and do amazing things. We got to stop allowing somebody else to tell you what you cannot do. Notice what he's saying, that we want to see what they're going to say. And what they say is going to depend on what we're going to do. But here it is that he's pointing out that I, I know the enemy has us outnumbered, has us outweaponed, but they don't have our God. Notice Jonathan's faith is in God. Every time he's moving, he's telling the armor bearer, we're going to see what God is going to do. Perhaps God will give us victory. Perhaps God will deliver us. So we're going to wait on the Lord. That's why we say we walk by faith and not by sight. 
They went to the other side, and Jonathan's faith moves him to confront his enemy. We must be willing to face our opposition with confidence that we have victory in our hands. We need to stand in the power of the Lord and his might, and we can put all our trust in the Lord. When we are standing with God, here's the thing, we won't miss our moment. Because when we're standing with God, God will show you at the right moment and in the right time when to move. They did not miss out on the moment because they didn't doubt what God could do, but they believed God could do because God is not limited. We put limits on God, so therefore we don't ask God for stuff because we don't think it's possible. But notice how Jonathan pointed out, Back at verse 6, he says, our God can do it with you or with men. Take the limits off. Don't put limits on God and th- tell somebody what God cannot do. But you ought to think about what can God do. We said this way, God can do everything but fail. Which what means is that God will always accomplish his will. What God has started, he will complete. Here we see here that they are submitting to the will of the Lord. We too must submit to the Lord and move with obedience. Don't have doubt because doubt means lack of faith and doubt will lead to sin. But when you believe in God, you will see that our God can do all things with. Following God no matter what. Highlight again the armor bearer. Following say, I'm going with you wherever you are. We too must be able to follow God no matter where he's leading us. Though he leads me to the shadow, the valley of death, I will fear no evil. We got to follow. Notice that the armor bearer does not have a name, so you can make it your name. <laughs> and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. We're going to go down to the cliffs. I know we're going to make it out. We're going to face our enemy. I know we're going to have victory because, God, I'm trusting in you. The armor bearer tells him, do all the things in your heart. And I will be with you. Will you let God lead you? And will you follow him? And here's how the armor bearer finds even more about how to follow after God. We have to wait. Jonathan says, wait till we get the sign. Y'all remember what the sign is? The sign is their response was the sign. If they say, stay, then we will stay. But if they say, come, then we will come. Well, look what they said. They said, come. And, and look what they said. They said, come on. And, 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 and so Jonathan comes and said, come on up here and we will teach you a lesson. They talking big, bad, and bold, y'all. And Jonathan said, all right, that's what y'all think, but who's going to get the lesson today? <laughs> and so when they climb right behind and, and Jonathan's armor bearers behind them, and look what happens. God started moving. It says they hit confusion. And the they started falling in front of Jonathan. And it says the armor bearer was falling behind Jonathan, and they were de- de- defeating the enemy. And then confusion broke out in the camps, and an earthquake shook. That's God's presence, y'all. How God showed up in an awesome way. And what happened was now the enemy started thinking the word reaches Saul and the camp. They say, hey, there's something happening over there. Not knowing that it was Jonathan being used by God to bring them victory. So I said, all right, well, let's go. <laughs> and then it says the Philistines, who were their enemies, joined them, going to feeding their own people, and they were fighting amongst themselves. What I'm trying to highlight here is that we don't need to know how God's going to work it out, but realize that God can't work it out. Jonathan had no idea that God was going to have the enemies fighting each other. He had no idea how he's going to make them fall down right there in front of him. That he had to lift up a finger and say, y'all scared? Oh, wow. <laughs> they falling down? I'm going to better take care of my lightweight. Right? They understand that a great victory come. Look at verse 23. So the Lord saved Israel that day. And the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth Haven. When the Philistines saw what has happened in, in the outposts and they were defeated, Panic broke to them, and they were scared, wondering how can they make it. Do you understand that in times of difficulty, in times of adversity, we can either be paralyzed and allow our fear 
stop us from moving forward. Or we can say, Lord, I have fear in you. I have trust in you. I have reverence for you. And I'm trusting you to move me and propel me to break through and deal with these issues in my life. Though they may be difficult, though they may be hard, God, I believe that you can do it whether you have many or you have few. And so, for Father, here I am. Use me. And I, I said earlier, I'm going to reiterate again, that God will complete what he begins. And, and do you understand that God has been working out our salvation since he made Adam and Eve? And our salvation has been completed when Jesus says it is finished. Y'all, y'all don't hear me. God completes what he begins. Jesus says it is finished. On the cross. What is finished? Well, my debt has been paid. For he died on the cross. What, what has been finished? That I am no longer going to be separated from God when I die because he has finished that part because death has been defeated. And then when he rose from the grave on the third day, he showed us that how we have life in him. And here's the thing of this, that we can just place our faith in God. But if we don't have reverence, that God is who he says he is. That he is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That we take the Lord's name and fame. We forsake the assembly together such as some as that. We don't pray and study our Bible as we do. But we will make sure we make a post update, a status update. We got more reverence for social media than we do for our God. Many people are weak because they don't have strength in God. But our strength, our peace, our love comes from God. As I look at this text and as I conclude to think about how the fear of the Lord will give us strength. That Jonathan, with just his armor bearer, were the only ones beside his father that had weaponry. Realize that with God, greater is you that's with us than all of them against us. But I'm also remember Jonathan did not just wait and God miraculously put him there. He had to climb there. He had to work to get there. But yet God got all the glory because Jonathan realized that God, it was you we waited on to move. I want to encourage you, my brothers and sisters, though you may be facing some mountains, though you may be facing some valleys, I want you to know that you don't have to face them alone. You may not have an armor bearer with you, but you do have the Lord with you. Jesus, when he said it was finished, he says, I must go up to my father so that I can send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is with us. And that is God is with us. And God being with us give us the power to stand in the power and his might to tear down strongholds and overcome the difficulty before us. So you may not have an armor bearer, but you are in the power of God's armor and his spiritual armor through the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know Jesus, I encourage you to call on him. Confess that he is your Lord and Savior, and be baptized and join the fellowship of the church. And as we will today, later on, commune and break bread together and drink together until it's coming back again. But this all begins from how we first fear the Lord. And when we fear him, means we reverence him, we revere him, we're in awe of him because he is an amazing God. Let us pray. God, we just thank you how amazing you are. Help us, oh God, to fear you. Help us, God, to revere you. Help us, Lord, to exalt you in how we live and how we walk. Lord, though we may be outnumbered, though we may have great adversity towards us and obstacles towards us, we realize, Lord, greater is you that's with us than he that is in the world. And Lord, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And, Lord, there might be someone who does not know Jesus. Lord, I pray that they confess and they believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave and defeated death and exalted the seat at the right hand of the Father. Lord, I pray that you guide them to a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church 
uh, where they can grow and be a, a disciple and groom to grow in the admonition of you. Uh, Father, Lord, we pray right now that if that person is here, we will welcome them here in this fellowship. Oh, Lord, may they reach out and find a place where they can commune with brothers and sisters in Christ. And may you receive all the glory and all the honor, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As this is first Sunday, uh, we prepare to uh, eat of this bread and drink of this cup. Uh, if you do not have uh, your elements with you, uh, you can raise your hand, make sure the ushers can make sure you have uh, your cup. Let us pray. Uh, Father, Lord, we ask you to bless this bread. Uh, this represents your body, which is broken for us. And Lord, and how you were nailed to the cross and you bled for us. Lord, we ask you to bless this cup of drink, Lord, that represents your blood. This is poured out for the misses of sins, Almighty God. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we, as we prepare, Jesus sat with his disciples on the night of his betrayal. And he took up the bread and he broke the bread. And he blessed the bread. Said, this is my body, which he broke and let us eat together. Likewise, I took her the cup. He said, this represents my blood. We poured out for missing sins. Drink ye all of it. Let us drink together. The scripture recorded that they continue to do, that we continue to do this. Until it's coming back again on the night that he did this, he also exits singing hymns. And so we like, so I wish you will continue singing hymns and prepare to give God his tithes and our offering and also collect everything. Amen. Let us pray for our offering. Mighty God, we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for how you prospered us and how you blessed us. Father, we ask you to bless those that have desired to give but yet have not. Uh, Father, we pray that these gifts that we bring to you multiplied and increase it for the building of your kingdom and the work of your church. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. As the ushers come forward to lead us through, this is also Second Sunday. Uh, United Usher Bowl will be at Bethel United Methodist Church at 3 p.m. this Sunday. God bless you. May he keep you.